G'day, humans. What's a good word? Chris Funder here with Fruity as Ice for another edition of the Weekly Wrestling Rap. The rap, as we like to call it nowadays. How you going, mate? Yeah, good. Good. How you doing, man? Yeah, yeah, pretty good. Been a little bit under the weather, but pretty good today. Uh, how's the uh, the weather down your way? I saw Sydney went through a heat wave. Yes, and we've definitely had a bit of a heat wave our way. And then today, well, we're currently at 13 degrees. It's freezing Ooh. and it's pissing down. Can you sense that coolness my way? It's still 28 up here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, but I suppose a little bit of wrestling to uh, to touch on. Uh, where do you want to start? We've got a. Uh, I did catch the uh, New Japan Fantastic Mania. There's one particular match I want to talk about. Uh, Ring of Honor relaunched on Oak Club. Uh, I suppose we can touch on some WWE stuff going into WrestleMania and AEW. Let's do it. Okay. Uh, did you happen to catch any of Fantastic Mania tour this year? I had no idea what that even was. Uh, so, like, it's when the CMLL guys come over to New Japan and they do, like, about a week or two of um, different tours with New Japan. Oh, yeah. And but no. <laughs> who do you think headlined a Corican Hall show from CMLL? I don't even know who CMLL has. So, oh, yeah. uh, I can't even guess. Okay. Well... What if I told you this person was most well remembered for breaking their finger in a match against Alberto Del Rio? Oh my God! The original Sin Cara, Mystico. Yes, Mystico took on Atlantis Junior. Um, I went back and watched this match in full. I believe they've only got uh, Japanese or Spanish commentary as your options on the VOD for this. No English this tour. Really good match. Hell of a match, actually, if you're only familiar with Sin Cara's work in, um, in WWE, the now Mystico. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, also on the tour, we saw uh, wrestlers like El Hero Del Vikingo. Uh, I'm just trying to look up here. Sabarano Jr. Uh, Volador Jr. Ultimo Guerrero, so a few of the uh, the Sam LL regulars. But uh, that match, I just really want to make note of because, yeah, seeing how Sin Cara was when he got released and now seeing him headline at a, a uh, New Japan show, huge change from the guy. <laughs> uh, also, talking about New Japan, stupid battle in... San Jose, whatever the show is called. Not available for VOD yet. You've still got to buy the pay-per-view, even though they released the mercedes Monet uh, Kyrie match for the US audience on Fight TV. Uh, not Fight, uh, sorry. Access TV following that week's impact. Last week's impact, I think it was. I fucking hate what New Japan's doing at the moment. Yeah, uh, also, there, I believe it was their... All-Star Junior Tournament they held on the 1st of this month. If I just have a quick look, I believe that's also a pay-per-view event. Yeah, also a pay-per-view event, uh, 3,500 yen. Crazy. 
yeah, wrestler. Uh, so it's got juniors from like twelve different promotions around Japan and the world, and it's like here pay per view event. Yeah, no, no thanks. Hopefully they don't do this shit coming into um, let's see, Dominion and G One. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, also of note, uh, New Japan wise, uh, briefly the two recent uh, Tamashi shows are now available on VOD, so we might pull our fingers out, watch some of that, maybe nice. before Mania, maybe after Mania, and talk about it then. Yeah, nice. Uh, did you catch any of Honor Club uh, Ring of Honor TV episode one? No, but I, I saw results. I, I saw clips here and there. It look, yeah. looked like a good show. The presentation looked all right. It looked um, it looked very TNA. <laughs> it it doesn't help. They're in the impact zone. No, it looked like it looked very much like impact from like '09. Yeah, yeah, it does. They need to get out of impact zone. I don't know where you send them, and um. We can touch on this, I suppose, after I go through some of the results here. Uh, kicked off first match, saw Mark Briscoe de- defeat Slim J. And this show, like, there wasn't a opening. Like, you know how every wrestling show has some sort of opening package before the yeah. show? This one just kicked off and we're pretty much straight into action. Interesting. Uh yeah, so Ian and Caprice are actually there in the building because during points, Ian is doing um, interviews in the ring, much like um, Giovanni does on uh, Dynamite. Yeah. Um, of note on here, yes, uh, Mark Briscoe defeats Slim J. It was very much a story of these people get an entrance. They're probably going to win. This person doesn't get an entrance. They're probably not going to win. <laughs> right. Uh Kingdom picking up a win there in the tag division at New Japan Pro Wrestling World Television Championship match that saw Zack Sabre Jr. defeat Blake Christian in 12-28. Uh, really good match. And afterwards, Zack calls out Brian Danielson. Awesome. Uh, please, please, for the love of God. Every time I see Daniels, I forget what happened with his eye and I look it up and I go, Oh, yeah, that's right. It's fucking terrifying. I thought he was wearing, like, some sort of weird contact thing, and then I'm like, oh, no, didn't he have an injury? And then, yeah, look it up. Oh, yeah, that's right. Is So, basically, anyone who hasn't seen his eyes, like, black, it doesn't impair his uh, vision. But it's basically he had so much blood drain into his eye, like, stained his eye. Yeah, it's... Oh, it's... Oh, it's terrifying. It's Anything like a, with eyes is freaky. It's like a horror movie inducing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we saw Rahit Raju coming into a Ring of Honor. Uh, people might be familiar with his work over in a Impact of recent years. Yep. Takesha defeated Josh Woods. The story here was uh, Sterling and Josh Woods didn't allow Takesha to have his uh, entrance played. Yep. The embassy making very quick work of the uh, six men they were against. Uh, going further down the card, Ari Davari defeats Metalik. Um, he's got part of his uh, WWE name back, the former uh, Grand Metalik. Uh, From the Lucha House Party. Come on now. 
Yes, uh, I'm just trying to think of his other name he was going as. Um, Muscarad Dorado. Muscarad Dorado, yeah. Um, Madison Ronan's got blue defeated NWA women's tag team champs, the Renegades, uh, Charlotte and Robin in seven minutes. Willow Nightingale defeated Lady Frost in under five and afterwards calls out Athena and Athena pretty much comes out and just says, no. Fair <laughs> so, enough. So, yeah. <laughs> Willow has pretty much been built for the past year as pretty much uncrowned Ring of Honor women's number one contender. So it looks like we're finally moving towards her maybe picking up a title win. And in the... uh, Um, No disrespect to Willow Nightingale, but they need to put some respect on Lady Frost because (laughs) Lady Frost is a fantastic women's wrestler and they are not using her correctly. Imagine if you had her in Bugs and Glacier. Oh, oh, shit. Oh, the, the mixed match challenge probably, you could do. I'd probably be doing some like weird, like McMahon Helmsley era thing with Glacier and Lady Frost as women's champ and world champ because why not? Oh, boy. Um, and yeah, in the, your main event, the Ice Age is upon <laughs> us. Oh, the promo you could do. And <laughs> anyway. in the, uh, the main event here, this show going two hours. I don't mind it going two hours if it's your debut. But every week should be about an hour, maybe 90 minutes. Yeah, two hours is a bit much for... Well, especially looking Beef. at this card, yeah. there's just... There's not much going on. No. Nah. Uh, so Claudio Castanoli defeats AR Fox in... 1536, and uh, post-match, Eddie Kingston comes out to challenge Claudio, but sort of just gets blown off, and uh, yeah, that's how we go off the air. I'd put the ROH belt on Eddie. Is Eddie done with AEW, or is he just moving over to Ring of Honor, and he's just sort of leaning into that? Yeah, I think it's a storyline where he's just jumping to Ring of Honor. Fair enough. Um, yeah, overall, thumbs up for me for the debut on Honor Club. I like, saw the new look. There's a big video wall behind them. At times, it does look a bit like NXT or, as you mentioned, uh, 09 Impact. And they do need to get out of the Impact Zone. But um, as Tony said in the press conference, like one of his last questions he got asked after Revolution, he said, it's easier to book studio television because you're booking so many weeks in advance, like in a in a block setting. Yeah. So you don't have to worry about injuries. You don't have to worry about people missing connections or flights or travel or anything. It's all done and it's like easier to book that way. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see we'll see how it goes. Um yeah. I suppose I need to pop open uh WrestleMania. Has anything more progressed with uh, our boy Grayson and Sean, or is that today or tomorrow? That's that's today. Okay. The Grayson Waller effect with Sean Michaels. So by the time you humans are listening to this, you guys will know what's going on. Yeah. I still predict Sean Michaels is going to be like, I've picked a opponent for you, and here comes Dragon Lee. Ooh. Yeah. Here comes Colby Carino. That'd be sick too, but they can't bring Colby in as a face. He's not good as a face. <laughs> oh, 
Just call Steen down to NXT for a while. He'll be fine. <laughs> um, so confirmed matches for WrestleMania. We see Roman Reigns, the undisputed WWE Universal Champion against Cody. Charlotte Flair, the SmackDown Women's Champion against Rhea Ripley. So those are your two Rumble winners there. Bianca Belair, the Raw Women's Champion, will face Asuka, who won the Women's Elimination Chamber. Then we get Brock Lesnar versus Omos, with MVP in Omos's corner. Austin Theory versus John Cena for the US title. Uh, Theory being the champ. We have Seth Rollins versus Logan Paul. Have you been able to get any prime yet? No, can't see it anywhere. I, I don't know what's going on. I just want one bottle for Mania. So when yeah, that match starts, nice. I can crack a bottle. Yeah, that'd Much be to nice. to your, uh, your idea of a Mountain Dew during the Mountain Dew match. Yeah, that's fantastic, actually. Yeah, if I can get, get a few bottles before Mania, that'd be sick. I'm not paying $30 for one bottle off eBay. <laughs> no, no. Or, like, there's, like, supplement stores out there around Australia that are selling them for, like, $15 a bottle. At the moment, that's the cheapest option. Jeez. Uh, and the women's tag match, which is confirmed as Chris Stratus, Lita, and Becky Lynch against Damage Control, Bailey, Dakota Kai, and EO Sky, as last week, Damage Control lost their tag team titles to Lita and Becky Lynch. Yeah, like... <laughs> Honestly, I would have preferred it if they just did Trish and Lita won the tag belts. Mm-hmm. 100% what I was thinking. You do that, and you get an extra women's match, because this is a two-night mania. You can spin Becky and Bailey off into a singles match at mania, because that's never happened at mania before either. No, uh, although I feel like that match has been done to death recently. Like, technically, they've had two steel cage matches this year. Oh, yeah, also true. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I do like the idea of the six-woman tag. Um, it actually, it's probably a good idea for Leader as well, because, like, I saw that tag title match, and Leader's one of the all-time greats, but her prime was a long time ago. Yeah. I, I still would have liked them to put the belts on Trish and Leader, yeah. just because... You think of the Attitude Era women, and they're one and two pretty much who you think of, even though they came around at, like, the very tail end of the Attitude Era. Yeah, un unless this somehow leads to Trish having, like, one last singles run, and that's what they're protecting. But I doubt it. Yeah, I doubt it. Um, and the last match announced here is Gunther versus a fatal five-way winner to be determined on the March 10th episode of SmackDown for the Intercontinental Championship? Off the top of my head, it's um, Drew, Sheamus, yep. LA Knight, yep. Kofi Kingston, yep. and Karrion Cross. Boo. <laughs> yeah. Um, there are rumours that Kofi got injured in that brawl on SmackDown. And if that's the case, throw Xavier Woods in there and give Xavier Woods a mania moment. Fuck it. But Sheamus versus Gunther of mania would be sick if they yep. could replicate what they did at Clash at the Castle. But I still feel like there's going to be some um, 
there's going to be some like dodgy finish to this where we get both Drew and Sheamus being number one contenders. Yeah, so this is just a, a fatal five-way, so it could end in a in a double pin. It's not an elimination yeah. type scenario. Um, yeah, interested to see what happens there. Uh, where is Stand and Deliver? I don't think... Why is my mouse playing up? There, Stand and Deliver. Nothing's been announced yet because they've got to get through whatever today is. Um, Roadblock, end of the line. <laughs> Dean Ambrose versus Triple H in... Is that <laughs> Toronto at like some like ROH level building? Yeah, that was Brock Lesnar versus the Wyatt family. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> I think that's what it was. I think it, it might have been like Brock Lesnar versus Luke Harper or like Eric Rowan or some shit. It wasn't Bray Wyatt. That was 2016? That, it wasn't end of the line. There was another road roadblock that was just called roadblock oh that uh it's like february or march yeah uh, i'll find it for you but uh yeah are you with all these matches announced for for wrestlemania so far are you feeling pretty excited heading into wrestlemania I, season i think this looks really good like yeah the bobby and bray stuff doesn't interest me the brock and omos stuff isn't enticing but They've pulled out a lot of their. They've pulled out a lot out of their bag of tricks for this mania. We have got yeah. John Cena. We got Trish. We got Lita. We got. Uh, it looks like we're gonna have Edge and Finn Balor, and I think they're probably gonna do some weird thing where it's like Demon Finn or whatever, and that'll be fine. Probably um, Ray and Dominic as well. Ray and Dominic, like that's. <coughs> To be honest, that's probably one of the better built feuds out of this whole thing. Um, yeah, I think this is going to be a really memorable mania. And I'm so excited to see how over the top they go with Cody's pyro for this mania. Um, like, it's going to be insane. Do you think they have the, um, the, you know how it was like, quiet last year and then just said the line do you think he brings back his epic prelude that he used in AEW oh for sure for sure with a live orchestra there just playing him before it hits I think I think Brandy comes out with him and rebuilds the throne (laughs) (laughs) Uh, maybe who knows okay so I've found this at 2016 March 12th that's the one card. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Mark Henry defeated Randy Sharp. Who the fuck is Randy Sharp? Uh, it was a dark match, I guess. God Dust defeated Victor. Oh my god. New Day defeated League of Nations Barrett and Sheamus for the WWE tag titles. Jericho defeated Swagger. Revival defeated Enzo and Cass to retain the NXT tag titles. Charlotte defeats Natalia for the WWE women's title. Uh, Brock defeats White Family, Bray White and Luke Harper. Oh, okay. Bray was in it. Sami Zayn defeats Stardust. See, My why God. could we have had that at Elimination Chamber? Just Sami beats Stardust for his WrestleMania match. Fuck off. 
<laughs> and then, yeah, Triple H defeats Dean Ambrose in a singles match for the WWE World Heavyweight. I, I remember that match being actually good too. Which one? Um, Triple H versus Dean Ambrose. Yeah. Yeah, fair call. Yeah. But, man, it's just weird to think, like, those years ago we had John Moxley versus Triple H. <laughs> the difference, I think, is John Moxley felt handcuffed to a degree, WWE. And I can obviously see why now with how much he uh, uh, prefers colour in AEW, I guess you could say. Yes, and... They leaned more into the comedy aspect with Dean Ambrose. Yeah. Okay. was never great. No. Uh, why is my mouse like having a, a fit today? just doesn't want to click on the, the tabs. <laughs> Makes for, for great radio when all you hear is... Uh, okay. <laughs> so let's get this, uh, this thing started. Zero hour... Six-man tag. Did you happen to catch the zero hour this, this I time? did. I did, because I was very keen for Revolution, so I watched the zero hour live. I suppose that the last time we talked to pay-per-view, you uh, were going to have a watch-along party, but it got cancelled. How'd this one go? Uh, well, because this one fell on a Monday, this was just me on my lonesome. Yeah, it, I got it, home... Sunday night thinking the pay-per-view was on and it wasn't. I'm just like, what the hell? Yeah. Uh, one thing I do love about WWE at the moment is they do their pay-per-views on their Saturdays now. And yeah. it's so good. Ah, oh, I never want Monday pay-per-views again. <laughs> so we saw uh, kicking things off here. Uh, for in-ring action, at least on the pre-show, just for one match, the six-man tag of Lucha Bros, Pentao Zerabmeta and Ray Phoenix, along with Mark Briscoe, who had Alex Abrahantes in their corner, taking on the team of Ari Davari and the varsity athletes, that's Josh Woods and Tony Nese, who have smart Mark Sterling in their corner. Can I just say, Mark Sterling doing this big entrance for his guys... Oh, it's a complete rip-off of the um, Chicago Bulls from the 90s entrance. Yeah. It's so good. I like it. Dennis Rodman. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Um, hell of a match. They got a hell of a lot of stuff in for 13 yeah. minutes. And uh, Lucha Bros and uh, Mark Briscoe here picking up the win over uh, Ari Davari and the Varsity Athletes. I thought, my, yeah, really? my my problem here is that they're called the Varsity Athletes, and all I'm thinking is, whatever happened to Griff Garrison and Brian Pillman Jr.? Uh, as far as I remember, Brian's still tagging with um, Brock Anderson and managed by Arn on Dark and Elevation. Yeah, but like, Griff, Griff Garrison? no idea. Yeah, he disappeared off the face of the earth. Yeah, he did. Oh, man. Um, what do you think of the pre-show overall, though, with the um, new presentation, Renee on the floor, Brian back to RJ City backstage, Dan Housen in his Homer-inspired Moo Moo? 
Yes, um, RJ City is a tremendous addition to any broadcast team. Um, RJ City is honestly one of the funniest guys in the wrestling industry at the moment. And I'm just really happy to say that they're using him in a capacity. Um, yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, and uh, Renee on the floor hosting the pre-show, very uh, WWE kickoff vibes. Yeah, there was a lot of that vibe going on. Um, but the right decision, you might as well use Renee for something like that. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Honestly, I would contemplate, like, having Renee on commentary for the women's matches or something too. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't put it past. AEW um, hasn't had a female commentator yet, and they got, like, I loved Renee when she was on commentary in NXT, and she, she even did all right when she was commentator on Raw. I would love to see, like, Renee do that in AEW. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so we go to the main show proper here. We kick off with the singles match of Ricky Starks versus Chris Jericho. Um, yeah, Ricky comes out with his ribs taped straight up. Uh, anything you want to add for this match? Uh, honestly, like, by, by the time I finished watching this show, this match was fairly forgettable. But this was Ricky Starks. First victory on pay-per-view. Yeah. And um, this... Hopefully this reheats Ricky Starks and we don't... Um, we don't repeat our past mistakes that they've done with anyone that's in a feud with Chris Jericho, whether you look at, like, guys like... Eddie Kingston, like so many people have been in feuds with Chris Jericho and completely lost all their momentum. Um, so let's just hope that this really reignites Ricky Starks and he gets on his upward trajectory again. Yep, I agree with that. Hopefully big things to come as uh, Ricky here gets the clean win, 13-49. Uh, at one point, Sammy does come down the rampway, but um, who is it? Action Andretti? Yeah. Uh, jumps him. So technically, Sammy didn't enter the ringside area. He just was on the rampway. Yeah, well, Action Andretti should have let him interfere. Actually, because, that's good. Because he was banned, and it probably would have given Ricky Starks an instant win. So... Why did he stop him? <laughs> Kayfabe, brother. Uh, so next on the card, I thought this was a no DQ match going into the weekend, but uh, am I wrong or did this get changed at late notice? This got changed changed on Rampage. Okay. Uh, so we have what is now called the final burial match of Jungle Boy Jack Perry versus... Christian Cage. Um, I love that Junk Boy comes out and he's in his uh, denim jeans, like prepared for like a street fight. And uh, Christian's just there in his turtleneck. A sleeveless turtleneck. That was fantastic. <laughs> I uh, loved it. And these guys, you know, they start off brawling. They work up through the crowd, back down the other side of the crowd, into the ringside area, around the ring again. 
then they go like at one point uh i think jack's put through the announcers table and christian's there mouth went off to jungle boy's family because they're there ringside again as with most um, of his big matches at this point um both men bleeding yes yep all right just that that's uh the counter's already up to two i mean Starks, Jericho, no. Anyone on the pre-show? No. No. Okay. So we're, we're at two. <laughs> we're at two already. No one's breaking the Muda scale yet? Not yet. <laughs> but, yeah, it's coming. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, so they brought back up the ramp, and by the ramp, I should have mentioned this earlier, but as um, both men exit the ramp at stage left, there's a, a a coffin there, an all-white coffin around a pit with dirt either side. So they brawl back up near there. Jack gets thrown in there once, sort of stops Christian lowering the cask, uh, the lid of the casket, fights his way out. Christian puts him back in there again, fights back out. And then Jack puts uh, Christian in there, slams the roof down. And I'm not sure if this was supposed to gently lower, but this thing fucking dropped. Yeah, shit. Um, obviously, their Cody Vader hasn't been used in a while, so it was a little rusty. But um, the Cody Vader just went straight down very quickly. I'd be shocked if Christian didn't get whiplash from this thing. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, but yeah, hell of a match. Um yeah, and hopefully uh, bigger and better things now this is behind Jack Perry. He can move onwards and upwards in the world of AEW. And the problem, the problem is, where do you go? And unfortunately, I think the only option is, oh, fuck, he's going to be stuck in a six-month feud with Chris Jericho next. Um, or you could do... Uh, who's... All Atlantic champs Orange Cassidy is a face. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the only like champion that's a heel is is MJF, and I don't think you're doing I, I've got a theory of where MJF's going next, baby. Jack There's... Perry, you're going to Ring of Honor on excursion. So I'm thinking Jungle Jack is gonna get stuck in one of those fucking long ass, fucking never ending feuds with Chris Jericho next. Yeah, come to think of it, I don't think he's really done that much with Jericho. No. Maybe a tag match as um, Jurassic Express once or twice, but... Uh, in um, the first year of AEW, in the first like couple of months, yeah, when, when Jericho was champ and Jungle Boy was still like half of a tag team, he ha- they had like a mini feud where like Jack Perry like went like a time limit draw or or like went the distance with Chris Jericho. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and then like and then Jungle Boy got a title shot and Jericho won. But that was very early days, like first three or four months. Yeah. Um Yeah, I can't really think of anywhere to immediately slot Jack Perry, you don't it, want to go back to Luchasaurus. No, uh, by the way, whatever happened to that guy? Um, 
But uh, you can say that about most of the AEW roster. Yeah, as uh, somebody, we might as well touch on this now while I remember. Somebody brought that up in the uh, press conference as well, saying, uh, do you think you have too many people? He's like, oh, no, we sort of try to cycle in and out around injuries and yada, yada, yada. Use people on Dark and Ring of Honor and just sort of danced around the question. But, I mean, yeah, yeah, you do have too many people for the amount of TV time you have. Also, the problem is, like, no. how does he have so many people yet the entire roster feels like it feels like it needs someone inserted in as well? Like, it feels like a long ass time since they've debuted someone. Yeah. yeah like, fair. of any note, anyway. So if, it feels like their entire roster is bloated, but also their entire roster is kind of stale. And, and needs some new lifeblood simultaneously. So, yeah, he needs to sort his shit out. The new blood? So you're saying <laughs> hire Vince Russo? I'm saying hire fucking Mark Jindrak, baby. Does Jindrak still wrestle? I know he went down to Mexico for a few years. Oh, uh, is Like, I do follow him on Twitter, and every, like, week he just posts a gif of him hitting a really nice dropkick and (laughs) keeps talking about how he's got the best dropkick in the business. He does. Um, He does, yeah. World Trio's title time as we see uh, challenges the House of Black, Malachi Black, Mr. Black, Brody King, (laughs) and Australia's own Buddy Matthews, MCW champion. Without the title. For fuck's sake, you're not going to get it on AEW. Stop <laughs> stop holding out hope for that, Chris. Oh. <laughs> uh, they've got Julia Hart in their corner taking on the champions of the elite, Kenny Omega and Matt and Nick Jackson, who have in their corner Brandon Cutler and Michael Nakazawa. Don Callis joining commentary for this match. I mean, I like the start of this match. I, I like the finish. <laughs> okay. So the start of this match sees uh, Kenny and Buddy teaming off. And commentary is yep. talking up, uh, you know, there was various um, comparisons to these two men throughout their careers. And they've never really interacted until now. Yeah. It, it was very nice. That's how they started it off. It was yeah, like... No- it was like they know they know what's going on. They know what the people wanted to see, and I'm glad we got an exchange with them. Now we just need a singles match. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Um. Anything like of note that you want to cap in here? Because um, yeah, it is <laughs> a lot of moves and a lot of big man spots from Brody King as well. Yeah, I, I think. This was the elite just being like, all right, we're putting people over today. Mm. And and it wasn't Malachi Black they put over. They put over Buddy and they put over Brody hard in this match. And that's what they needed to do. Because Malachi Black doesn't need to be put over. Everyone knows how good he is. Yeah. This uh, was a case of them going out of their way to sell their asses off for everything Brody King did and and make Buddy Matthews look like he's a step ahead of Kenny Omega. And that's what they did this match. Yeah, I'm surprised they did that. Uh, also, at one point, Julia Hart's on the apron, and Malachi Black, 
uh, like talking to her. And Kenny goes for the V trigger, and Malachi sidesteps, and Kenny hits Julia. Yeah, barely hits her. I saw like a lot of <laughs> tweets being like, "Oh man, he destroyed her." I'm like, "No, he didn't." You can see his entire <laughs> kneecap when he hits her. Like at best, he maybe hit a bit of his shit on her head. Yeah, glancing blow. <laughs> yeah, very, very well, uh, well, um, hidden. I guess. Yeah, well, I, I guess Kenny's used to hitting that V trigger on taller people <laughs> because that <laughs> knee was like uh, well above her head. But yes, I suppose uh, in terms of the match, you could say he was sizing up for Malachi. <laughs> Yeah. Who's a lot um, taller than Julia? Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> yes. Um actually no, that actually makes sense. That's actually a perfect explanation. Why would he be going for a Julia Hart head height on Malachi Black? He's not gonna V trigger Malachi in the middle of the chest. Yeah. Um yep. so it gets like in the match, there's a number of pinfalls that um notably the Bucks have breaking up and what's the uh the house of blacks trio's finisher uh was it dante's inferno or something yes that's it yeah it's and good it's good who's the one who gets the pinfall here it was buddy wasn't it oh, no it was malachi yeah yeah malachi uh buddy and brody hit that dante's inferno and then malachi just comes over and pins him I lost um, track of who was legal, but I didn't care. No. And it's been just over a year since we had two Aussies signed to AEW. And we've I, had I, both of them win championships. I will say, like, the finish basically comes because Buddy Matthews reversed the Meltzer driver into a knee. Also true. Yep, it doesn't so... help that the buck shouted, Meltzer driver! I've... I fucking said that, like, to myself when I was watching this. I'm like, well, they can't hit it now because they just screamed exactly what they're going to do. <laughs> <laughs> you know who was at the press conference, though? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he must have been sitting ringside or something because there was a few shout-outs to him that day. Oh, yeah, who else? Oh, oh we can get to that in the main event. <laughs> Yep. Um, yeah, hell of a match here. I mean, where to next for House of Black? Oh, run it back? I, I think you might need to run it back. I think you, you build up to one of your TV specials or whatever and you do. Like, oh, they usually do like a beach break this time of year, even though it makes no sense in America. So... Do something like that. Yeah. Um, in the build-up, you do a few singles matches. For the love of God, I just want Buddy versus Kenny, for fuck's sake. Yeah. Uh, there's not a lot of Kenny Omega dream matches left in AEW, but Buddy versus Kenny would be one. Malachi versus Kenny would be one. You gotta, you gotta get them all out of there. You gotta do all those Kenny dream matches if the rumors are true. Um, also true. Also, yeah, that's a fair point. I suppose we haven't touched on that. Uh, rumors flying around that this might be the last year of Kenny Omega in AEW. Mm. 
And honestly, it? if it is, it makes sense now. It makes sense for him to leave now. What has he got left to do? I'm pretty sure he's the first person in AEW to hold three different belts. Yeah. Um, well, three different AEW belts. Um, so, yeah, why not? Why not? He's done everything that needs to be done in the territory. If this was territory wrestling, he would have already have moved territories by now. Yeah, that's a fair point, too. Yeah, and he's um, still still a New Japan US champ as well, I believe. Oh, for fuck's sake, I forgot about that. Yeah, because he doesn't come to the ring with it anymore. Maybe no. he's now that his luggage is a bit lighter. What if Kenny Omega moves back into the tag division? Are we saying he reaches out to a uh, former friend of his from Japan? Yeah. <laughs> I mean... I don't think uh, I, I, anyone th- asked Tony about that at the press conference. No, no. Someone asked uh, him about, uh, were, were you in discussions with uh, Sasha Banks, Mercedes Monet? And he said, oh, out of respect to our uh, partner affiliation with New Japan, I don't want to discuss contract situations about and that. He, he said, he also specifically said, I won't m- mention like what free agents I've been talking to or stuff like that, which sort of like made me think uh, it might've given the press the, the um, insinuation that maybe we shouldn't ask about Coda then. Fair enough. Yeah. That's probably a good point too. But I just, I just think the tag division like does need like a little bit of star power. Yeah, we'll get there shortly. They get a bit of star power. Yeah, but like throwing in like a golden lovers, like if if you know the guns lose the belts to the people that we're going to talk about later, man, that's a dream match. Golden oh. lovers versus, yeah, come on, man. <laughs> oh, in my veins. Okay, uh, next on the card was the AEW Women's World Championship match. That saw the team uh, that saw Ruby Soho versus Soraya, who has Tony Storm in her corner, who spray painted the ass of uh, RJ City earlier in the pre show, versus the women's champ, Jamie Hayter, with Dr. Britt Baker, DMD in her corner. No uh, Rebel ringside tonight. All right, so this is where I really need to talk about how much I hate this gimmick of Soraya and Tony. <laughs> Um, the floor is yours, my man. But this is the bit where... What did they keep referring to Tony and Soraya as? Uh, they kept referring to them as, as outsiders. Oh, it is? Right? Yep. And what was this match? This match was... <laughs> who's the third man? <laughs> this entire match was who's the third man the fit the post match thing here is fucking hogan dropping the leg on macho man this uh-huh. this is almost a complete fucking rip off of the nwo i don't hate it um it's different because it's a women's version 
but is it that different? It's, oh, these two people from outside of the company and, oh, man, who's going to join their side? Oh, it's the person that was from outside of the company but has been in the company for a while now. Wow. Um, You bring up a good point, though. It's something I think the majority of wrestling fans have not seen, at least on a in a women's division, something like a, a um, NWO, a DX, a Bullet Club. Yeah. The band. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to, to a women's division outside of your, your companies like your, your Stardom and your uh, Shimmer in the US. The problem is, what is the end goal? Soraya How- to win the title? I don't know what else the end goal would be. And, oh, Benji, don't. (laughs) Sorry, guys. Um, The problem is... I think Benji disagrees. He likes the Doctor and Jamie. Well, Benji agrees that there was fucking no logic in Ruby being aligned with Soraya this whole time and neither of them winning the fucking belt in this match. Yeah. (laughs) Right? Here's the, the stupid thing. This match goes 10-04. You know, it's it's a good women's championship match for a three-way. It, it was the best Soraya's looked in the ring since she's come back. It was good to see Ruby get a pay-per-view match. It was good to see Jamie be the workhorse of this match. Like, a number of double-team spots at one point, a double headlock suplex sort of spot. Yeah, for sure. But... Like, and this match wasn't really about the match. There was like another five minutes allocated to the post match. And, like, you know, as soon as the bell ring, Tony just kicks Britt ringside, runs in the ring, kicks Jamie behind the ref's back. The ref calls for the bell. Tony picks up Soraya. They both start double teaming uh, Jamie. Then Britt gets in the ring. It's two on two. And Ruby gets in after she's seen enough, throws Tony and Soraya out, and Jamie and Britt are like, yeah. And then she does that um weird palais kick to Jamie. Yeah. And Britt's like, oh, shit. And then she hits um Destination Unknown on Britt. And yeah. it's like, oh, no, I'm with these guys. I'm going to spray big L's on your, on your tights now. <laughs> yeah, I just didn't like the logic of, oh, they've been aligned this whole time, but they... But, like, they didn't win the match. <laughs> they had a two-third chance of winning this match. That's why, like, if I ever go back and watch that um, NXT women's match with the Iconics and Nikki Cross challenging Asuka in a fatal four-way, it just yeah. does my head in that the Iconics don't just beat the crap out of Nikki and pin her in that match. It's like, no. <laughs> no. Uh, there was just... no logic to this post-match, especially in the immediate aftermath of watching this match. Yeah. If this was something that happened backstage, like they're walking past and then Ruby out of nowhere jumps them after they've sort of fended off Soraya and Tony or something on Dynamite, a few days to digest, okay, maybe that makes a bit more sense. Well, let's go all the way back because I'm comparing... 
Soraya, Tony, and Ruby to the NWO's original incarnation. What did the NWO do when they first formed together as three people? They fucking won. <laughs> yes. They won. Uh, yes. Yes, I did. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, honest to God, don't know what the end goal is for this. Yeah. And it's because I thought, okay, we're going to pull the trigger on Soraya here, have her pin Ruby. Jamie, uh, like, loses her title, or you could have Britt, like, helping Jamie on the outside, doesn't realise that Soraya's pinning Ruby, and when she goes to break up the ref, it's too late. Yeah. I thought they were going to spin them off, but they're keeping them as a, a team and going with this outsider storyline. Also, this was the only women's match of the um, entire card. Do you think it was the right call or the wrong call? I mean, what other options did they have? That's what I'm just about to say. You have, uh, yeah, like, so who's, Jade is TBS champ. They need to hurry the fuck up with this Layla Gray baddie storyline and decide whatever the fuck they're doing with that because, honestly, it is just holding up the rest of the women's division at this point. Yeah. If, that, if that TBS title wasn't on Jade and she wasn't undefeated, and you could move this title around on people like your uh, Amy Sakura and your uh, Maria Canales Bennett and your Rio, Serena Deeb. Like, you could have had a second women's match on here, but because you're still stuck with Jade as this undefeated champ, you can't really do much more until you figure out what you're doing with that. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but for me, thumbs up. So far, we've had five matches on the cards. All have been five thumbs up for me. Yeah, like, I didn't really, like, as much as Jack Perry versus Christian Cage was a good match, I thought the gimmick was completely confusing and unnecessary. Um, and Ricky Starks versus Chris Jericho was what it was. But, like, as soon as the trio's match starts, that's where the pay-per-view sort of hits another level for me. Yeah, absolutely. So, following the women's match, we had Texas Death, as Justin Roberts announced. That sees John Moxley versus Hangman Adam Page. With and new Hang music. Yes, Hangman has his own uh, custom entrance again. The only other time he had this was his... um. Was it championship or challenge entrance where he rode in on a horse? Yeah, he had that. Uh, this time he's got new music and it's Ghost Riders in the Sky, which is a fucking classic cowboy tune. And this was, I love this entrance so much. And it almost like, it looked like a heelish entrance. And I think we're still getting there with Hangman. Also, when he was making his entrance and the lights didn't change when uh, Moxley's entrance started, I'm like, oh, please, don't, God, no, don't let this be like fiend lighting throughout the match. Because if you <laughs> notice when Moxley's music starts, all the lights are still red and I'm going, "Yeah, oh, no, they're going to do it under the red lights because it's Texas death. No, nope. <laughs> normal yeah. lights. Um, so we're 
at this point in the um, show, how many people have bled so far? Uh, just the two so far. Okay. Uh, so we get kicked off into this match, and yeah, this is as uh, what Jim Ross would say, bowling shoe ugly. I, and I will happily let Jim Ross know that my bowling shoes are fucking beautiful. Um, Can you get, yes. like, custom Nike bowling shoes? Well, my, like, bowling shoes just look like a pair of runners. Fair enough. Yeah, they look great. Like, they are not ugly fucking red, black, and white fucking leather clown shoes. Hey, um, you got something against St. Kilda's colour scheme? Yeah, fuck the Saints. Um, <laughs> yes, as an Eston supporter, I wholeheartedly agree with that statement. <laughs> but, um, yeah, this match, like, I love this match so much. But my problem is, like, obviously we get double juice in this, so that moves the tally up to four. My problem is, this match would mean so much fucking more if John Moxley wasn't bleeding on every episode of Dynamite. Yeah, yeah, it's true. <laughs> like, in this day and age where everyone's accustomed to no blood on pay-per-views from the WWE for fucking 20 years almost, you got to make the most out of it you get a huge reaction if you hold off on it for the pay-per-view. If you just... I have no issues with the amount of people that bleed on this pay-per-view. My issue is that there's blood regularly on TV every week. Yeah. You would get a huge reaction if, holy fuck, John Moxley's bleeding. Wow, crazy in this day and age. But because he does it every fucking week in matches that mean nothing, why the fuck is he bleeding against Evil Uno? What the fuck? (laughs) Yeah, so like, why is he bleeding in a fucking nothing trios match on Rampage? But that's, this is what happens with Moxley. Um, that is my main complaint, but fuck me, this match was great. Yes. If you like two big beefy men being seven shades of shit out of one another while also using weapons, this is the match for you. I mean, what would illustrate my point on holding off on blood for the pay-per-view would be the fucking reaction they got. When Moxley starts stabbing Hangman in the head with a fork and the blood instantly splatters all over John Moxley, that reaction would be fucking ten times louder if we haven't seen these guys bleed on TV. Yeah, yeah, absolutely agree. Isn't the um, the fork most famous for uh, Abdullah the Butcher? Yes, definitely. Um, Yeah, classic wrestling fans, The Fork is famous for Abdullah the Butcher. Um, Even more classic, classical back in the day, wrestling fans might know the original Sheik for using The Fork 
and then eventually original Sheik would use the golden spike it was like a railroad spike as well um and more modern wrestling fans might know homicide for having the fork yeah the uh the spike you just mentioned um <laughs> all i can think of when i hear a spike in wrestling now is because of tna and don callis going black rain spike oh the darkness falls <laughs> uh goodness um yeah hell of a match and this is a was it a submission or 10 count isn't it yes and texas deathmatch usually tko isn't it yeah it, it's basically a last man standing match just encourages more violence yes um like we could go over the spots here but there's just a lot there's a lot of barbed wire there's a lot of blood um, oh yeah at one point um is it hangman's trying to wrap it the barbed wire around his leg to do like a, a shining wizard or something yeah it's just there's a lot going on here i oh, love my, this match he, he but, wrapped yeah. it around his torso to do like a, a um dive off the uh top turnbuckle to mops on the floor that's right yeah and um yeah, there's just a lot to cover, but I just love the finish of this match. Yeah. Uh, so, end of the match here, Moxley's wrapping the chain around his uh, neck, sort of on the floor, going to bring it into the ring, and then he's goading Hangman. Hangman does one buckshot. Moxley staggers, does another buckshot. Moxley tumbles over the rope. The chain's wrapped around his neck. Hangman's now got the chain, and he's choking out Mox. The ref... um. I believe it was Paul Turner, spills out to the floor, is looking at Mox, asking him, asking him, and Mox is just sort of fighting it, fighting it, and then all of a sudden taps and Hangman's wins. This is one of Hangman's biggest wins of his career. Yeah, this is a lot better than any match that he had during his title reign. He came across as a bigger star in this match than anything he's done before. <laughs> this um, is what I was absolutely thinking as well. He looked so much better than he did a year ago when he was world champ. Yeah, and, like, the entrance was star-making, the performance was star-making. Um, my biggest issue with this match is, uh, if you stomp on something on top of a brick, what happens? Uh... It hurts. If I was to stomp your head on a brick, you'd probably die. <laughs> yeah. Like, if not, I broke your skull and you're in hospital for a long ass time. Moxley hitting the curb stomp onto Hangman on top of a brick. And that's a near fall, and Hangman gets up at nine and then starts hitting offense. <laughs> I hated that. That was my biggest issue. I thought you were going to say you hated the bricks that they uh, stayed together and they didn't immediately turn to dust like they do in WWE. <laughs> no, I loved that because fuck me, where are WWE getting those bricks from? Because. You don't want to build a fucking house with things like that. 
But, but yeah, my biggest issue was that would legitimately kill a human. Yeah, yeah, probably. And it's a near fall and he's up and he's hitting offense. And then, later on, Hangman fucking full-on blasts John Moxley in the face with a brick. That should kill a human. That's blunt force trauma to the face. That, if you did that to someone in real life, you'd get charged with attempted murder. Legitimately. And that was an earful. <laughs> Uh, but I must ask, before we get your all-important thumbs up or down, uh, murder scale. Uh, that's a double murder scale for sure. <laughs> um, that's, that's uh, yeah, Hangman, murder scale. Moxley, as always, murder scale. Um, yeah, so we've got two people here hitting the murder scale. Four people have bled on this pay-per-view so far. And it's not just four people have bled. Four people have bucketed blood on this pay-per-view so far. Oh, yeah. I mean, who's bled the most so far? At this point, you would probably argue Hangman. (laughs) Fair enough. Uh, So going from that uh, match, we go to the AW TNT title match that sees Samoa Joe, the king of television, uh, defending his TNT title, uh, not on the line, is his Ring of Honor TV title against Wardlow. And the crowd was not into the entrance for Wardlow. They weren't chanting Wardlow like they have in the past. Did he look like kind of shittier? His like... gear was black with charcoal markings. Yeah. He didn't have his black with green markings. I don't know if that's because now Tony and Soraya are using that color scheme. And but... his his singlet, like, around the legs, it was a lot shorter than normal. It was basically like a Taz singlet at times. Yeah. It, yeah, it... Um, and he looked pale. Like he had no... tanned? Yeah, like, normally Wardlow's, like, really tanned but he looked a lot paler than normal and ah he still looked like in tremendous shape but the hair too it just he looks so generic now that he's had that haircut and I, i think it's time for wardlow to move to trunks yeah the the i don't know what you do with wardlow the fact you had him have like a career defining win at Revolution last year, and he has just floundered the past 12 months. He got stuck in a never ending feud with Mark Sterling Security. He then won the TNT title. That was going nowhere. He teamed with Samajo. Samajo bet him for the title. He went away for a bit, and now he's back, and it's just like, oh, okay. Oh, yeah, he's got his, um, Cheek grab and uh, tights there, I can see. Yes, I've got the screen share on. I'm not sure if Alex can see that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, well, like, have you ever watched an Ahmed Johnson match? Oh, probably. 
So, like, particularly, like, specifically during his WWF run, every single match, he would get a massive wedgie. And it would just be him wrestling with his cheeks out. I was getting fucking Ahmed Johnson vibes from Wardlow at times here. Because his cheeks were coming out. And you know what? Good for him. He's got great cheeks. <laughs> but, but we don't need to see that. He needs new gear or something. Like, I, I think, like, a guy with his upper body physique shouldn't be wearing a singlet. He wears it so he can take down the stress. But, like, dude, that's so overplayed in wrestling. Yeah, fuck that shit. Um, nah, he's like, got a power like, bomb like, for a finish. We just want plain black trunks. We want a leather vest. We want, we want him to be Sid. Oh, my. Is Sid still mobile enough to come in and manage? What, you want the talking? I I fucking love Sid, but do you want Sid to be a mouthpiece in 2023? Yes. He can can talk like this and then, make me money. You're like, let's go. Powerhouse hubs. You want to challenge Wadlow, but you can't handle the power bomb. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> yeah, uh, overall, yeah, we haven't really talked much about this match because this match sucked balls. I fucking hated this match. The crowd was dead for most of this match. And then Wardlow hit one power bomb and won. No, he didn't win with that. What did he win with this time? He won with the fucking Kikina Clutch. Oh, that's right. I fucking hate that the Samoan submission machine lost to his own fucking submission. So, booking logic would say they're going to run it back. No, I think the, the the booking logic is, oh, they've fucking put over Wardlow like a maniac because he beat the submission machine with the submission. But yeah, I, I'm not a I'm not a fan of Samoa Joe passing out to his own submission hold. No. We don't no. need that. Uh yeah, for me, this was worst match on the card. The yeah. crowd didn't sort of care and then Powerhouse Hobbs was in a skybox watching because he's challenging on Wednesday for the TNT title. I, I say fuck it, put the belt on Hobbs. Yeah, book a Hobbs. You, you need a mid-card belt on a fucking heel right now. Well, then, you need... you, then you open up more options booking-wise, because then you can have J- Jack Perry fucking challenge for it. You can have Ricky Starks challenge for it. Starks versus Hobbs, that writes itself. Oh, yeah. Um... You open up more booking options that way by having a mid-card belt on a heel. Because, yeah, having two mid-card belts both on baby faces, and to be honest, you've got a severe lack in credible heels. It doesn't work for your booking right now. Yeah. Uh, so the next match on the card is I'm looking here. Hey, we see one of our mid-card champions taking part. Actually, now 
I'm going to try to see if I can find my tweet because I tweeted out something about the um the uh, Battle Royal stats because I was watching this. I remember last week we said, oh, you know, it can't get any worse. You know, they'll probably bring in more tag teams than that. So I'm here watching Dynamite and I'm going, hang on. And I'm like, wow, we just had seven <laughs> of last week's teams take place. Eight were announced if you include best friends Truck and Trent, but were replaced by all Atlantic champion Orange Cassidy and Dan Housen. Commentary even seemed lost who the last team was on Dynamite. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. Why chuck all your teams into one battle royal to then have all of them come back out the next week and just change two teams? Yeah, yeah. Um... Like, obviously, the, I get that they wanted to put Orange Cassidy on the pay-per-view, but, yeah, I, I wasn't feeling that. No, you could have had him on the pre-show against random guy. Anyhow, yeah. AEW World Tag Team title time that sees Dan Housen teaming with Atlantic champion Orange Cassidy. You have Triple J, Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal, along with in their corner is Satnam Singh and Sanjay Dutt. You have the acclaimed Anthony Barnes and Max Caster and the champions, which are the Guns, Austin Gunn and Colton Gunn. I mean, this is a fine match to begin with. The ref's enforcing tags, and then about five minutes in, the ref doesn't care, and it's everyone for themselves. And it's just like, what is the point of enforcing tags in a fatal four-way tag match if halfway through the match you're not going to enforce them? The great man once said, the rules. Who was that man? I don't know, some jabroni. Hmm. Patterson. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, yeah, it, it's, a, it's a fine tag team match. It's very what I'd refer to as like AEW style of multi-tag team matches, your young Busk-esque um, type matches. It's a fine match. Not really my cup of tea, but, you know, it was all right. At points, Sutton gets in the ring and <laughs> people are trying to take him down and they sort of wobbled on his feet enough for Billy Gunn to come in and do a famous on Sutton. Yeah, um, it, was, it was a real dodgy-looking famous though. <laughs> I mean, the man's old. Plus, we haven't seen Dolph around for, like, months, so he's the only one doing it. Until mm. yesterday, cough, cough, <coughs> Dolph shows back up. Oh, okay. I didn't watch Raw yesterday. <laughs> uh, yeah. Enough. Uh, nothing. I saw. I saw bits. I saw bits. I saw Cody and John hanging out. Like, yeah, yeah. Generational talent. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um. Anything you want to add for this? Uh. This tag match here. Um. The the yeah now this match was kind of unmemorable to me. Yeah, uh, so the guns here getting the win and retaining their AW Tag Team Championship, and afterwards we have a post match interview on a pay per view, which is very rare for AEW. Guns saying they've bet everyone. There's no contenders yeah. left. As soon as it's like post match interview, I'm like, oh okay, yeah, I know what's happening here. <laughs> 
yeah, uh, once once in a while at AEW, maybe um, you know, have a in ring interview that doesn't end with um, someone coming out <laughs> because music hits, and it is. <laughs> <laughs> Seven star FTR coming back, looking to uh, challenge the guns for the AEW tag team titles. And we get blood. Yeah, yeah. So this was going to be uh, the fifth person on the. And I would argue that was pretty close to Moodiscale. <laughs> <laughs> How did he get cut open? Did you manage to catch that? Because I remember it a couple of times. I think, like, yeah, one of the guns must have, like, just hit a stray one on poor Dax, but, yeah. I, I don't know. I thought it actually kind of made it look badass, but also, you know, you're back and t- 10 seconds into it, you're already been busted open, and the whole reason that you were away for a bit was because apparently you had injuries to heal. Um... <laughs> Like, welcome back, here's another injury, Brick. But, yeah. He's hardcore. He's hardcore. Don't hear those chants anymore. No, because who isn't hardcore in 2023 outside of the WWE? Everyone does it. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so... Sorry. FTR back for a little bit. Uh, just trying to think, what's the next thing? Double or nothing? Um, WrestleMania? No, it's not WrestleMania weekend. That's Supercard of Honor. Uh, I, th- I think FTR 20- win the belts on TV. Battle of the Belts 6? No, nah, they'll, they'll do it on Dynamite where they actually have viewers. Ouch. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Post-match press conference, Tony Khan made sure to mention the upcoming events of note, like um, Ring of Honor, Supercard of Honor, Double or Nothing, including the live Dynamite and Rampage from Las Vegas, and didn't mention Battle of the Belts. No, he didn't. Of course yeah. not. But, uh, yeah, good to see the gun... Uh, not the guns. The FTR back. Uh, be interesting to see where they end up in a few months and uh maybe with well, them coming back their friend comes back i'm ready for it i i don't care i've i've had arguments with warwick in this past week about whether phil should come back or not and i i'm i think AEW needs it i've said it every week on this podcast now like they need that yeah yeah they need, yeah. They need an injection of something and that's why i thought they were gonna put the belt on soraya but uh when CM Punk was in AEW, AEW was a promo company. <laughs> it was a it was a heavy promo company, and like as much as I love wrestling, my favorite parts of watching wrestling isn't the wrestling itself. It's the stories, it's the promos, and I feel like we've had a severe lack bar a couple of people. So yeah. That's what we need back in this company. Some good storytelling. Yeah. Uh, so it is time for your main event, the 60-minute Ironman match for the AEW World Championship. They explained the um the rules here that 
Uh, scores can happen by pinfall, submission, count-out, or disqualification. Uh, there's no rest break during falls. Yeah. So, yeah, a, a bit of a, a twist to, like, some Ironman matches. Usually there's, a like, a minute rest period between falls. But nothing yeah, has gone straight I, I 60. I thought it was odd that they announced that, but considering what happens later in the match, that was why they announced it. <laughs> Yeah, it, it made sense. And you know what? I'd rather the Iron Man matches do that because, you know, it's an Iron Man match. And th that's what happens in the video games. You hit a finisher on someone in an Iron Man match, you pin him, you get up, you pin him again. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yes, Brian Danielson challenging Maxwell Jacob Friedman, MJF. Uh, did you notice when they're doing the championship introductions, MJF goes to pick up the belt? And he sort of has butterfingers. Yeah. And the yeah. crowd chants, you fucked up. You fucked up. Yeah. Uh, but it works for MJF. Actually, if, it was a, if it was a baby face that did that, it's like, oh, oof. But because it's MJF, it's like, oh, yeah, fuck yeah. I will say, him wearing his white robe to the ring with his um big burberry <laughs> belt, it actually looks decent it looks on good. his white robe. Uh, so, this is a case, like, as, since we're talking about the entrances, where I saw a and you see a tweet and they suggest something and it puts an idea in your head to the point where you're disappointed if that idea doesn't happen. Yeah. The tweet I saw was, it was a tweet of, like, CM Punk coming out to the AFI song at Revolution last year his Ring of Honor theme. Yeah. And it said, like, oh, it'd be, like, it'd be perfect if Brian Danielson came out to the final countdown for this match with MJF at Revolution this year. And yeah. when he didn't come out to the final countdown, I was like, oh, yeah. I was really disappointed. But um, also, like, MJF had, like, that orchestra, like, a string orchestra play like a string version of his theme that you can barely hear over the booze. Um, I would have preferred that they just played that the whole time instead of it transitioning into the actual theme music. He should have just had the orchestral version playing the whole time while it was coming out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was nice that he got a, a little custom entrance. Uh, for several hundreds of thousands of dollars, you can play Final Countdown 20 times a year. They just needed to play it once. Yeah, but then they'd probably want so much of the money in the um, VOD rights and everything. To be fair, though, I, I would imagine Ghost Riders in the Sky for Hangman Page wasn't a cheap buy. Yeah. That's a fairly well-known song, too. So, yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe he, he spent his music budget this month. Can you name another song by Europe other than The Final Countdown? No. But, <laughs> exactly. That's probably but, where they get their money. <laughs> but do do Europe need to have another song after The Final Countdown? No. They fucking nailed it the first time. <laughs> We're done. Yeah. When MJF was going to, like, reveal his custom belt, 
I thought first, like, he was going to replace the AEW center plate with MJF initials, much like a, a fan's done here, but sort of in the um, AEW motif. That would be so good, actually. But yeah. I think it kind of worked that it was such a tacky, like, shitty reveal, though, because he's a heel and he's the heel's heel, that the... the I think it worked that the reveal was so anticlimactic. Yeah. Like, if he reveals a belt that's actually good looking, like, come on, is a heel? <laughs> it doesn't work. Yeah. Uh, so yes, the Iron Man match. Uh, we get into it here. Uh, so this is scheduled for sixty uh, falls. Most falls at the end of the time limit wins. So um. We go 25 minutes, and Danielson hits a psycho knee to score the first fall on Max, meaning the score is now 1-0. What was two, the time on the first fall? 25-24. Yeah, so we, we waited a while for that first fall. Uh, then, uh, shortly after, MJF low blows Danielson in view of the ref, DQ, but then... Pins Danielson, one, two, three, breaks the pinfall, then repins him, one, two, three. So in the space of about uh, 20 seconds, we have gone from Danielson up one nil to the score being two, two at 26-43. It was such a heel move. I loved it. Um, My only issue with it was they didn't make it clear initially that it was a DQ. I think... They didn't ring a bell or anything. It was like the referee did gesture, but yep. the the graphic didn't instantly update. It tried to, and then it disappeared again as, <laughs> as soon as the first uh, fall for MJF was counted. Ooh. It did pop up as 2-0, I noticed that, and then it disappeared. It popped up as 2-0 after MJF got the first roll-up. Yeah. So they were trying to... It was confusing. I did like that, though, that they were updating the um the score in real time. Yeah. So it added a bit of um realness to it. Uh, so, yes, we're 2-2 at the 26-minute mark. Around the uh, 38th-minute mark, commentary mentions this is the longest match of MJF's career. Yeah. And uh, at the 40-minute mark, MJF pins Danielson uh, 3-2. So meaning MJF is up with about 20 minutes on the clock to go. Yeah, perfect. Um, At the 49th minute mark, MJF submits uh, to Brian Danielson. So the score is 3-3. And not just submits, he submits to the regal stretch. (laughs) Yes. And then uh, at the... Uh, uh, and at this point, um, both men are bleeding. Like, MJF's bleeding heavily. Danielson's bleeding a little bit. So that moves us to, what, seven people for the night? <laughs> yeah. And uh, who would you say bled the most? Uh... MJF, for sure. <laughs> okay. <laughs> just, so, just so we're uh, clear on that. About the 56-minute uh, mark... Uh, MJF is caught by Danielson, put into the um, LaBelle lock, I believe it was. 
and yeah. it's just fighting, fighting, fighting. The crowd's counting down. 10, 9, 8, 7. MJF's still fighting. 4, 3, 2, 1. And as soon as it hits zero and the bell rings, MJF taps. Danielson let go, thinking he might have got the um, count in time. But the referee informs him he submitted after the bell, meaning your final score is 3-3. Free, free, and Justin Roberts announced the final score is finished 3-3. Free, free. Due to a tie, MJF retains his World Heavyweight Championship. Yeah, perfect. The crowd obviously boos this. And then Shivani's getting word in his headset and he goes down ringside, talks to Justin Roberts and uh, the referee. I found it odd that Remsburg was the referee for a world title match. It's usually um, Paul Turner. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, refer- uh, referee Remsburg for this match here. But, yeah, uh, informs them that there will be sudden death overtime with 1-4. And uh, the um, Ironman rules still apply, so four by pinfall, disqualification, submission, count out. So the match restarts. MJF, who was getting like medical attention in the ring, gets back up, and he sort of um and Aaron and sort of goats at um Danielson. He goes to the outside. He has a he has the belt, and Remsberg's telling him. You do this, I'll DQ you, and you lose your belt. And he's going, and then puts the belt away. They get back to Brawlin. He has the ring. He tries to hit Danielson behind the rest back. He gets caught into a submission. And Remsburg sees the ring is on MJF's finger and just goes, whoop, plucks it off. Yep. Uh, And then we go late into the match, 65 minutes, 15 seconds, uh, Danielson is out, low blow behind the ref's back, and MJF puts him into the LaBelle lock, and Danielson is forced to submit, meaning yeah. MJF retains in overtime, four to three. Yeah. Um, that The final five minutes were fucking breathtaking of this match. Yeah. It should also be mentioned, like, Every after every fall, MJF was rolling to the outside and like not only rinsing himself off with water to get the blood out of his face, but also drinking water. And Taz is going, Oh, you shouldn't do that, you're just going to bloat your stomach and blow yourself up. Yeah, um, yeah, really good main event, and yeah, thumbs up for me. Uh, yeah, MJF certainly a crimson mask on this show, yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, where to next for MJF, do you think? Um, probably some form of pickle sponsorship, if you were to believe the um, show <laughs> press conference. Okay, uh, uh, let's touch on the uh, the press conference. Uh, who appeared this time? So we had MJF. Oh, my God, that's a good fucking pickle. Jesus Christ, classic Gil. <laughs> <laughs> I must admit, pickles are tasty. <laughs> I've ne- like I like pickles, but I've never I've never really sat there and ate them by themselves and been like, holy fuck, what a good pickle. But <laughs> but yeah, um, I th- I think it's Adam Cole, right? Um, yeah, he comes back next week. Yeah, I think they're building Adam Cole to be MJF's next pay-per-view opponent. 
Yeah. And get ready for MJF to put Adam Cole through the test, and the final test will be a match against Bobby Fish. Calling it now. Ooh. Um, how is Carl O'Reilly doing? Uh, not sure, but the, I remember there being question marks on whether he ever will come back, so that's scary, but yeah, we'll see. Yeah. That's that's no good. Bobby Fish, he's what over in Impact and New Japan. Sorry. More pickles. More pickles. Oh my god, that's a good pickle. Um, I need to add that to my soundboard. <laughs> that and uh, Rhea going, hi, oh, dickhead. <laughs> also that and uh, was it the South Park one? You read all about it in your new book called Wham. <laughs> uh but um yeah looking forward to uh what do you call it double or nothing i mean as much as i like orange Cassidy as all atlantic champion and his whole stick of him being comedy wrestler and actually being able to wrestle as well uh maybe it's time to move the title off him and give it to someone else yep Big time. Like, like, if you're just going to put Orange in constant tag matches with best friends, then move it to somebody who can freaking benefit you know, from this. You know title. who I would put it on? And this might be a controversial pick. Yeah. Chris Jericho. Yeah. I wouldn't disagree with that. Because if Chris Jericho is going to be like this guy that feuds with the guys that are going up to the main event or whatever, you might as well put a belt on him. Did WWE ever do that in the Attitude Era with like any legends, European champ, um, IC champ? Like people going down from the main event to win a mid-card belt? Yeah. I mean... Off it was the top a different of, time. Yeah, it was a different time. Uh, I mean, yeah, I can't really think of that during the Attitude Era itself. Yeah, not really. Fair enough. Um, yeah, I, I, like my criticism is of the Battle Royale. I thought we would have got like someone new, mm. like yeah, Matt Menard, Angelo Parker in there. At least that's something different. Butcher and Blade, like, yes, those guys are great. Could have put them in there. Yep, Legacy Hall of Fame. <laughs> um, was there anything else really of note from the press conference other than Hobbs turned up and gave his ring to Wardlow saying, I'll see you Wednesday? And then Wardlow was saying, I've had such a great year. Last year I was this, and then this year I'm this. Yeah. And I'm like, mate. You did not have a great year. No, no. Um, I thought Wardlow came across really well in the post-show press conference. I actually yeah. enjoyed him talking and like him saying what he has planned and he wants to do the open challenge and all that sort of shit. And that'd be great if they do that. Um, he said he wants to tell more of his story and let the fans know the real him, which would be great. It's good. It, we need more of his backstory. We need more of all of these wrestlers' backstories. Well, that's like, the, the problem with AEW. You have 
that many people like Swerve Strickland has his own faction. When was the last time you saw him on Dynamite Sting? When was the last time you saw him? Well, fucking Darby. Yeah. Scorpio Sky. Scorpio Sky hasn't been on Dynamite since July. Okay. Puck. Is Puck just taking time off? Yeah, who knows with Puck. It's his fucking bi-monthly disappearance. Ortiz? Um, Gone? Ortiz was in that ladder match on Dynamite. Oh, yeah. Uh, Like, yeah, there is a wealth of names on here that Mm -hmm. just aren't, like, either being used, like, uh, can, can we just fucking say it like we do every fucking week? Yeah. Andrade, Miro. Hanging out together playing video games. Like, what the fuck's going on there? Can we fucking get Miro back? If we're yeah, going to... If Wardlow wins against Hobbs, you're fucking stupid if you don't do Miro versus Wardlow at the next pay-per-view. Miro is not listed as injured. No. Uh, I, I I don't know. Like there is that many, even in the women's division. Yes, there's a, there's quite a few injuries stacked up in there. You've got one, two, like six different injuries at the moment in the women's division. But uh, actually, hold up, fucking have Miro beat Orange Cassidy for the All Atlantic belt. Yes, do that. And then fucking when Keith Lee and Swerve are fucking done with their feud, fucking do Keith Lee versus Miro. Yep. Because I don't think Keith Lee is, like, main event ready, especially this version of Keith Lee where he fucking came out on Rampage wearing a cape. Um, <laughs> yeah. Rah! I come to Limitless. Um, Hanging out too much with uh, Black Rain. Like, honestly, he... <laughs> well, that's his new tag team partner. Meow, meow, meow. Yeah, fucking naturally limitless is the new tag team. Also stupid nicknames. Yep, dumb. Um, how are you na- Anyway. Oh, fucking does my head in. Uh, I don't mind Dustin Rhodes being in a tag team. That makes sense. But Keith Lee just got out of a tag team to be in a tag team. Fuck that shit. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, like you said, Pillman and Brock... You hardly see them around. Butcher and Blade, you only really see them if they're losing in a tag team match. It's like, uh, I don't know. And Evil Uno gets more ta- more TV time than a lot of these guys. Yeah. Um. What else? Yeah, they got fucking Juice Robinson on their roster. Oh, yeah. I forgot that Juice is apparently <laughs> all elite. Yeah. Um, yeah, Lucha, Luchasaurus. There you go. Fucking... Do something with Preston Vance as well. Fuck me. Yeah, he's supposed to be doing stuff with, um, oh, what are they call it? La Faction in Goblin Ubles. Are they doing much with Roosh? I haven't seen much of Roosh lately either. Mainly on Rampage. Yeah, for fuck's sake. He's so good. Um, I'd like to see more from Swerve. Um, I'd like to see less from Parker Boudreaux because I saw that match on <laughs> Rampage and holy fuck, it was like, oh, you know, 
you know, Fruity, when you were complaining about Karrion Cross being slow between the moves, I'm going to show you what happens when someone's even slower. Here's Parker Boudreaux. Is he, a, uh, is he a cousin of Scarlet Bordeaux? Oh, my God. Scarlet Boudreaux, I guess. Um, Did you see the gift that was going around of Candice on last week's Raw? No. Okay. Do you see my screen share? Oh, that thing. Yeah, I did see that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She slows down as she crosses the ring to hit Piper Niven. Yeah. Uh, Candace hasn't been great in her return, but we'll also give her the benefit of she gave birth a year ago. Yeah, she did actually come back pretty quick. That's, that's yeah. Um. Does... Which, by the way, we should theoretically be giving Ronda Rousey the same sort of leniency, but fuck Ronda Rousey. Also true. Um, <laughs> now with Ring of Honor, and Tony said like he loves in um, booking Ring of Honor because that's the style of show he was booking during college. Does he like have some sort? Does he open the unofficial working window between the two? and just start sending a bunch of these guys to Ring of Honor. For God's so they, sake, he needs to. So they get more regular time. Yeah, he has to. He has to. He's got so much talented wrestlers that are just wasting away. My God, remember Nyla Rose? Fuck me. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. That's what I mean. The Mercedes freaking... Martinez. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I mean. The problem with Ring of Honor having one women's championship and Jade holding on to this second women's title is it is very hard for the women to get a second featured spot at the moment. The scary thing is, like, look through this list. Jade's almost gone through everyone. Anna Jay, she had a pay-per-view match with. Athena, she's had a match with. Like... Brit, the she bunny she's done. She's. I'm pretty sure she had a match with Ruby. She did. Shader, she's. Uh, I don't know if she's done Shader yet. Um, That's like, what I yeah. mean. The only major one she hasn't done is like Brit, Tony, uh, Serena, Sarita, uh, Serena D, Soraya, Statlander. She, I don't think. Maybe. Maybe. Um, like Mercedes Martinez injury run too and Mercedes was um, Ring of Honor champ Mercedes would be a good like quick feud for Jade Um, the problem is they need to get this belt off of Jade she's cleaned the division yeah she has she has there's pretty much no one left the problem is with the baddies, you could have pivoted to Kira Hogan or Red Velvet, but you've kicked both of them out and you're left with Layla Gray. And I'm sure Layla Gray is a very nice person and can wrestle a lot better than I can, but I don't know if you're ready for that as women's champion. I don't think that is the person that beats Jade. Then who is? I who think it's is? Statlander. Does Statlander need it, though? I mean, Statlander, when she is active, is over as fuck. You can't deny that. Yeah. Um, She's also a bit injury-prone the last year and a half. 
Yes, that's true. But um, there's no room for her in the AEW women's title division. Um, she's probably beyond the point of the ROH title. I think the only logical thing for Statlander next is the TBS title. It's the only logical thing because, yeah, and plus she would be somewhat believable beating Jade. I don't think, like, like even if you didn't pull the trigger already on Kira Hogan and all that, like, I don't think Kira Hogan beating Jade Cargill would be believable no matter how well you booked her or Layla Gray. I mean... I look at this, like, there's two people I think are believable in beating Jade. And it's Chris Statlander, injured. Yep. And it's probably Layla Hirsch, injured. Yeah. Um, Those those would be two. Layla Hirsch would be a good one because she could really benefit a lot from that. And they could really do a David versus Goliath thing with Layla and Jade. But, like, like even though Layla Hirsch is tiny, she's got that Taz thing where she's tiny, but she's still believable. Yeah. Yeah, so I think it could work. Um, I, I do think we need to get this belt off Jade and move her into the main title. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Either you do that or you do just go full Ultimate Warrior with her. Which is? Um, have double. her double, double title match. And then after the match, she gets forced to relinquish the TBS belt. And then she stays undefeated as the women's title holder. So kind of like Goldberg. Yeah. Oh, exactly like Goldberg. Exactly like Warrior. Like, yeah. That's not the worst idea, but they need to do it sooner rather than later. Yeah. Because, like, it's great having a second women's championship in this division, but it's bad because it's held up. Because it's... How long has she been that champion for? A year? In a bit? 422 days since January 5th last year. Fuck me. Yeah, I know. That's long. Hang on. If I can go to cage match, we can look at her title defences. Go to titles. We go to, which one is it? TBS. Yep. And we go to matches. And she's had 20 defences. Oh. So she bet Ruby Soho in the final. Yeah, I thought Ruby was... I thought she was out of match with Ruby. She then bet Anna Jade, Julia Hart, AQA, The Bunny, Tay Conti, Marina Shafir, Anna Jade again, Willow Nightingale, Layla Gray, Madison Rain, Athena Diamante, Willow Nightingale again, Marina Shafir again, uh, Nyla Rose, Kira Hogan, Sky Blue, Red Velvet, and Vern Vixen. Yes. Which was the uh, most recent run around uh, Valentine's Day. 
Jesus. Not a lot this year, though. Three. Yeah, three so far this, this calendar year. Um, yeah, geez, she really... And that's, like, without going through the people that she wrestled before she got the belt. So she's gone through everyone even with that title. Um, well, in that tournament, she bet... Jade got a buy. She bet Red Velvet and she bet Thunder Rosa in the set. Yeah, fuck. I don't even remember Thunder Rosa being in contention. Shit. Um, yeah. So there's oh, two more geez. names you can scratch out of that. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't know where you would go. Hang on. Can you scroll up to what page Van Zandt's doing? She's got a oh, broken foot. That'd be another good contender. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was just thinking, like, I completely forgot all about her. But she's had one match and that's it. Oh, okay. Maybe not a good contender. No, no, she's got star power. Uh, so she'd be like a, a Ronda. That's pretty much exactly what she is. She was a Ronda replacement in the UFC. <laughs> And didn't really pan out, and she'll probably be the same sort of thing in wrestling. <laughs> um, I don't know. Do you have a win against someone like an Emmy Sakura? You can have a beta, but I don't think anyone will believe that Emmy Sakura is of any threat. No what's, offense. <laughs> oh, what's her manager's name that she used to have? Ah, oh, forget pencil something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Yuka Sakazaki? Probably not as well. But the only credible name that keeps popping up to me would be Serena D because you're doing nothing with her at the moment. But if yeah, you put but Serena that doesn't in that, that doesn't work either because Serena's a natural heel. Also that, but Serena's probably going to win that match on paper. I don't think Serena would be believable in beating Jade. At the moment? Or ever, because it's just like, oh, they're putting in an experienced veteran against this person they're pushing hard. Who's going to win? It's, yeah. Yeah, it's always it's always going to be the veteran losers. That's the way Tony Khan books. Um, Fair enough. Uh, yeah, I'd... I don't know. Like I said, I think their best option is to just go, fuck it. We'll do a tournament for the number one contender for the women's championship and fucking throw Jade Cargill in there. And that's how we, and we do a double title thing with Jade. Yeah. Yeah. I don't hate that idea. But the, prob then, the problem is though, if yeah. she relinquishes the TBS title and hypothetically, She's held it for 500 plus days and no one even beats her for it. That's fucked too. How long That's did just Warrior fucked. hold the IC title before he bet, like, uh, relinquished it? Like six months. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't much. It was like he won it at SummerSlam and then lost it. Uh, then relinquished it after Mania. So... Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I don't know. You're sort of damned if you do and damned if you don't. Um, 
did you have to catch PWA from this past week? Uh, no, but I saw clips of something that happened in the main event. Okay, we can touch on that next week, Ben, because I'm going to watch that Sabi. Yeah, um, uh, looks interesting, to say the you least. you remember a few years ago when they did Rick South for the boys around um, uh, Mardi Gras weekend? Yes. And it was Mardi Gras it was recently. so fun. Yeah. Uh, a week or two ago, I think, as we're recording this. I thought they were going to do that, like, every year, similar to how um, GCW in the US does um, Effie's Big Gay Brunch. Yeah. I thought, you know, they're going to do that. It'll be sort of this show where you can put on a heap of Oceania uh, workers, sort of have them have that as their show. But, yeah. But uh, I guess not. No. Yeah. Ah, uh, well, uh, what are you looking forward to this week as we sort of end things because there's not really much else to talk about? Oh, God. Yeah, what else is going on? Um, we've recorded another episode of Smack It Down. Hopefully that comes out soon. Um, I'm what excited. Else what else is happening in wrestling? Not much. Yeah, I mean, the New Japan Cup's going on, but I mean, yeah. there's a rumor going around that Vince McMahon was backstage at Raw yesterday and he had a mustache. Okay, that's that's <laughs> for a man who has been on TV for so long without facial hair. That is odd. <laughs> I just think it's like, oh, if I grow a mus- mustache, no one will notice. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Dashing, Mr. McMahon. Oh, God. With those <laughs> allegations, that's creepy. Before <laughs> you know how Cody grew his mustache and got dashing. Uh, I hate to be the total fucking Cody Rhodes nerd here. Mustache was post dashing. Was it? Yeah. Oh, damn it. <laughs> um, yeah, so. Vince having a mustache, I would pay huge money to see. Um, I want to know what sort of mustache it is. Is it is it full fucking Hogan handlebars? Is it like, is it just like a subtle sort of um, just a pencil mustache? Is it a full fucking thick, girthy Rick Rude style thing? Who knows? Is it a twirly fucking Shard Khan thing? That who knows? But um. Yeah, Sean Ross Sapp reported that yesterday, and I thought that was one of the strangest fucking tweets I ever <laughs> seen. And and he like replies like, seriously, I've had multiple sources back this up that Vince has a mustache. <laughs> hey, at least he's a wrestling journalist, unlike uh, some people who disown themselves as journalists. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's... Uh, fucking <laughs> hell. Um. Yeah, so Sean Ross Sapp tweeting that just made my life yesterday. Um, besides that, not a great deal of other news to talk about. Bugs um, probably coming back after Mania because we yeah. are rapidly approaching Mania season, so we'll probably be amping up what we're watching on the indies and then get into it after that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Um, oh, Jay Uso have... turned on Sami Zayn yesterday. I am shocked. Yeah, crazy. I did not see that coming. Yeah. <laughs> um. Oh, what about this video you sent me last night? One uh, Mick Foley's audition tape. Oh, he auditioned for the um, Judgment Day, which I thought was hilarious. Every well, time that they cut to him, another teardrop tattoo popped up on his face <laughs> until his like entire right side of his face was covered in teardrops. What was on the end of on his uh, left side face at the end? Because I seen he had helped me, but it was written the wrong way. Yeah, he fucked that up. Uh. Uh, yeah. I love Mick. Yeah, it was fantastic. It was absolutely fantastic. The, he had um, he, he had his flannel shirt, but it was purple. He has been a fan of Rhea Ripley for a long time, though. Yeah, he has. He has. He's been wearing a, um, Rhea's shirts like 2019, 2020? <laughs> yeah. Um, man, I actually think him in the Judgment Day would be sick. But... <laughs> But, yeah, I just don't trust anyone booking it correctly. <laughs> Would, hypothetically, we have but seen it, the, just hypothetically, we have seen The Rock on Impact Wrestling more recently than we have in WWE. Yes. That is not hypothetical. That is a fact. <laughs> Any chance The Rock shows up at Mania, I, I think the fact that he hasn't done it by now means that he's never doing it. I mean, not wrestling just, you know, shows up, takes 20 minutes of TV time, lights a sign on fire, squashes Bray White. Actually, here's, here's a fucking thought for you all. We're less than a month away from WrestleMania. Nothing announced for the Hall of Fame yet. Really? Nothing's been announced. We are technically like one, four two, weeks, three weeks, three and a three and a bit weeks away. That can't be right. Nothing announced for the Hall of Fame. Okay, does Batista go in this year? He has to because because the poor bugger hasn't been properly inducted yet, and yeah, it's Hollywood. It wouldn't make sense. What hasn't he been waiting for the past three years? Yeah, basically. Well, they wanted to do him. Um, what was it last year or the year before that they did the double uh, inductees? The year before. Yeah, they wanted to do it then, but he wasn't able to make it, and. I don't think he wanted to do it when there was no crowd in attendance. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, Just remember this. Greg Carly's in the Hall of Fame, but Batista technically is not. No. <laughs> um, Greg Carly's in The Rock isn't yet. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, to be Greg fair. Greg Carly's in, but Sid isn't. That's an injustice. Fucking Sid should be in by now. Come on. Like, he, look at, like, WWE champions, like, pre-Attitude Era. Pretty much all of them are in except for Sid. 
shocking. Bloody. Okay. Because this is the first WrestleMania under the new regime. Have they announced the Hall of Fame yet? Like, is it the same night as SmackDown tapings? I don't know. I haven't seen any announcement regarding Hall of Fame at all. Because 2023. Okay, it says on here by access.com there are tickets for the Friday night SmackDown at the Crypto.com Arena, which is the former Staples Center in Los Angeles, which will yeah. also double as the Hall of Fame induction ceremony. Well, why haven't they fucking announced anyone yet? It's fucking three weeks away. Yeah. Unless, unless they've got someone huge that they're inducting, that they're just going to be like, all right, just one person this year. But well, the, fact that they, the fact that they didn't do that for The Undertaker means that they're not going to do that for anyone. Last year they had uh, a male inductee, a female inductee, a deceased inductee, a tag team inductee, and then the Warrior Award. So they might be going to that where they only induct a few people each year. That's fine. Just, you should be announcing one a week leading up to Mania. And you don't have time to do one a week now. Yeah, that's also true. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Unless they're going to announce something on SmackDown this week and then they announce who the headliner is on SmackDown which actually could happen because they probably get more viewers for SmackDown. Um, yeah, so that's a possibility. If they announce someone on SmackDown this week and then announce a tag team next week, then a woman the week after, and then on the Raw of the week of Mania, they announce a, another person or a tag team or something. Yeah. Yeah, but... But still, they're, they're leaving it a bit late. Like, who's going to want to buy Hall of Fame tickets three weeks out if there's no one announced? Yeah. It, it's... Yeah, that is so weird. Okay, let's remove the word ticket and see if there's anyone. Okay, WrestleTalk has an article here about the update on the Hall mm. of Fame status. So we'll end on this, humans, and then we'll uh, go... Yeah, because I want to know if there's anyone new we can add to Fogs. <laughs> uh, lack of announcements. This close to the show. People wondering if there would even be a Hall of Fame class this year. Da, 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 da. Uh, potential spoilers. Do you want to read the spoilers? Yeah, fuck yeah. Okay. <laughs> potential spoilers. The names... Uh, and in an interview with Give Me Sport, Russell votes nominated that Vince McMahon won't be nominated, uh, honoured in the Hall of Fame this year's event, but said one name would make the most sense, Batista. Yeah. Uh, another name rumoured, The Great Muda. I mean, yeah, probably. Hang on, you cut out. Who was that? Uh, the Great Muda. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, another another name that Russell votes says 
has been discussed for an induction is Ring announcer Lillian Garcia. Okay. No, I don't hate it. I don't hate it. Yeah. So those are the only names they have listed here. Batista, The Great Muda, Lillian Garcia. Uh, that would be one edition of Fugs, at least. Who? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes. I, I, I mean, I, I've I've already got two of them. <laughs> um, I've got Muda. I've got Batista. I don't need Lillian because I got I got Mean Gene. <laughs> okay. okay, this is on the WWE um, website. It still lists the Hall of Fame induction ceremony. Well, fucking start announcing shit for fuck's sake. Yeah. Uh, how much are your tickets? One year when I win Lotto. The rest, Undertaker has a one man show. Yeah, yeah, he's been doing that like most of the big four pay per view weekends. Is it any good? Don't know. It's just like a, it's not televised. I don't know, I thought you might have seen fan clips or something of it. But yeah, uh, if I was going to say Hall of Fame, Batista, um, let's see, Batista, Celebrity Wing, Cindy Lauper, um, any tag team from history you think about California Way, Alex? Who California Way, oh, that's tough. But... I remember seeing a lot of rumours about the Midnight Express this year. Are they both alive? Um, oh, you cut um, out. Oh, sorry. Um, Bobby Eaton isn't, but the other previous... Well, technically, there was, like, four members of the Midnight Express. But, yeah, um... The other members are alive, and that would be a cheap way to get Jim Cornette into the Hall of Fame. I like how they did it with um, Road Warriors. They inducted um, Paul Elling as their manager. Yeah, and I, mean, I think, uh, honestly, the fact that Cornette's not in is a bit of a travesty. He is the, like, the team you most associate Cornette with is Midnight Express. Uh, I mean... I wouldn't be, I I wouldn't, no, the rock and roll were his adversaries. It's, yeah, it's Cornette and the Midnights. Um, I wouldn't be standing here going, for FTR, if it wasn't for the Midnight Express having a, a very similar theme back in the day. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so it is listed as taking place gosh knows when or where that's yeah. going to happen three weeks out maybe yeah maybe they need to contemplate doing the hall of fame another weekend maybe like a summer slam weekend because this mania weekend especially now that smackdown is fridays it's a bit much yeah like, you add in Stand and Deliver, you add in, like, 
two nights of Mania, Raw after Mania, SmackDown before Mania, and then you squeeze a Hall of Fame in there as well. It's it's a bit much. Perhaps in future years they should move the Hall of Fame to give like one of the other big four a little bit of extra life. Perhaps you give Survivor Series a much-needed boost by giving them the Hall of Fame as well. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. Okay, I think that just about does it. Uh, where can yeah. the good humans find you? Uh, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Fruity is Alex. You can find us at WrestleOzStyle with an AUS. Search us up on Facebook, WrestlingOzStyle. You can find Chris at at I'm Chris Funder or at Chris Funder on Twitch. Uh, you can go back and listen to the Wrestling All Star Archive for free on SoundCloud, Podcast, Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and using the RSS feed found in the show notes below for your podcast choice, including Apple. Nothing left to say, but good day, and we'll speak to you next time. a good fucking pickle. Jesus Christ, classic Gil. <laughs> well, with that being said, I'm going to go and have a ham and pickle sandwich. <laughs>